welcome to another episode of Cine Matrimony. Francesca and myself come immediately back from a movie. We are not coming immediately back. We have yeah, not, <laughs> but we have not talked about the movie yet. We have a little bit more than a, we ti- a tiny bit, but not very much. So this is our immediate first discussion following. Well, you just said that it isn't following Black Swan, and we should say before we start that, as usual, our our discussion is not spoiler free. We talk about things that happen in the movie, and uh, so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know anything about it, then don't listen. Um, but but I want to start off first out of the gate to just say also that this is a PG podcast and so while we are going to be discussing the uh, nature of our feelings about the film and in general things that are in it and how we react to them we're not going to be getting into specifics that will not be PG does that make sense? that sounds like you were telling me not to but that is a large reason why Maybe we should call it PG-13. Okay, PG-13, but we are not going to be... Uh, we're not going to say anything that, for instance, you couldn't say on the radio. We're not going to be... We're going to be minimally graphic. As little... As ungraphic as possible. Okay. Okay. I wish I wish Aronofsky had uh, gotten that memo. <laughs> well... That would have been nice. Okay, so to start us off, obviously... And, and I heard a lot of people saying this coming into the movie. They said it's – it is – they used the word trashy and they compared it to showgirls. And I kind of didn't really know what to think of that and didn't really believe it. And upon reflection, I would say in terms of the tawdry stuff in the movie, that's definitely – I understand what they were talking about because it is – the, the the stuff in it that is over the top and outrageous is way over the top. Well, the thing is, now my only experience of Showgirls was on E with painted on brassiers. I mean, I don't things, really know what they. But I, yeah. I think that this was. I mean, this was like illicit. Like I did not. Like there's a I mean, camp one, element in Showgirls, and this did not seem campy to me. No, this it wasn't. Was, it wasn't campy. It was just. Uh, it was unnecessarily graphic for sure. Well, let me just go ahead and say I did not like the movie because when I have to, you know, shut my eyes through eighty percent of it, that is not a good movie make to me. I don't quite understand why, because you know. Any review I read was like, oh, it's smutty, but it's good. If it had not been made by someone that people respect, it's just a crappy movie. It's a it's a gross, exploitive movie. I don't get why, because it was made by someone good, should we just forgive the completely exploitive elements of it. I mean, there is stuff, and I mean, I, I, I understand, I guess, why he felt the need to keep showing very graphic, self-pleasuring scenes. No, I don't understand the need to show that. Because you can imply that without going into such disgustingly graphic detail. Just extensive, you know? I mean, you can imply that and cut away. You don't have to show me, you know, five minutes of it. It makes me it makes me angry. Because I, I it's can just, tell that you're angry. Well, it's so gross, and and it's being lauded as good stuff. And it is smut, 
And smut made by, you know, a champ is still smut. I don't understand why he's getting given a buy on the fact that it's, you know, it's gross. It's lowest common denominator stuff. I don't get it. I don't get why, because it was made by Darren Aronofsky, it's good. Well, I don't think that the movie is lowest common denominator at all, because I don't think the lowest common denominator is going to like it. I think I totally agree with your feelings about the trashy elements of it. But I I also think that if you if you look at the parts that aren't like that, and that's why I kind of wish that that stuff wasn't in the movie or was handled differently because for instance, everything the day of the show, the day of the first performance, which I guess is probably the last 45 minutes of the movie maybe or or half hour or something like that. I thought it was awesome. I you didn't like any of that. Well, I, I thought that was because it, it was people getting stabbed with nail files and things. Was I, that the day of the show? She yeah. went to the hospital to see mm-hmm. um, Winona Ryder. Well, the maybe day that of was the, the show day before. I but. think it was the. Well, I can't remember, um, but I, I, I'm talking about everything that happens at the theater the day of the show. I just thought was really was great. And I hate because I, I can't I can't go ahead and say that this is a great movie because I don't want to watch it again. I really don't. Well, again, so but, why are we giving him a buy on the fact that, you know, really probably 30% of the movie was, like, stuff that is just repulsive and unnecessary? Because, yes, the, if, it, if you had left all that out or even just implied some of the, you know, psychosexual elements of it, it would have been a good thriller, yeah. but instead the whole movie becomes about, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they showed all that in a movie. Right. Like, that's what I took from it. I mean, like, you know, the thriller elements of it were interesting, but it's so totally overshadowed by, I mean, the multiple scenes. Well, I of, think, you know. Not that I'm, not that, that I'm, I don't want you to think this is my opinion that I'm justifying it. Here's what I think Aronofsky would tell you. I think he would say that the sexual elements of it are actually in the character in the story of the character the sexual elements of it are very tied to what's happening to her and that it's about somehow her her repression is it really reminds tied me of into yeah i agree but, but repulsion, repulsion was, was not, not that bad nowhere close enough well but i think that's the point of it is that her issues uh, her sexual issues are are part of what is causing her to lose her mind. Yes, but again, you don't need. I don't need. No, definitely you know, not necessarily five, just handle it in that way. That well, no, and look, you can. I, I know what you're talking about. I to me, the the Mila Kunis scene was the the part that is way over the top. Well, and I will have to take your word on that because I had to well, look away and not watch. <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of it either, but um I mean it's I mean I hate to kind of chop it up and isolate cuz you're right. Let let's take for red that we both agree about those elements of it. I do think I I like the character's story. I like Nina's kind of the, the, the what happens to the character I like as a whole I think it's interesting I think uh, 
everything before it gets tawdry and everything after it gets tawdry are really, really good. And I, I mean, especially, like I said. See, the, again, the, if it wasn't, I, I just think. But you can't even think about those parts of the movie. I think it was it's interesting, but I don't think it was like, you know, any better than like Skeleton Key or some other. No front way. Of the you don't. Do you really think that it wasn't it just, any more interesting than that? It was, you know, it was as interesting Skeleton as Key. Any, what an insult. I'm just saying, it was as interesting as any, you know, B-level horror movie is. Like, I don't think, you know, there were elements of it that were perhaps crafted better, but, uh, you know, the story was just, uh, it doesn't, you know, it it didn't, I mean, I mean a Repulsion was, you know, more interesting to yes. me. You know, this, this just felt like B-level horror movie, but it was, you know, kind of worse because you know it's coming from Pedigree, and it's all these, you know well-respected actors but it's smutty and it i don't know if it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek i don't get it i well, don't get it i don't all. really get why it was to the to to that level of an extreme well and not i even wouldn't the, say that it's poorly made though it's not poorly made i didn't say it was poorly made well, you said but it's i think B it was level well i mean b level in terms of the story the point of it you know i don't know it just didn't strike the, me as like you, you know some some horror movies really get you deep down, and this kind of didn't really for me. I don't think it's a horror movie. I think it's a movie. It's a it's a character in a way like the wrestler. It's a character piece. Although this does this goes into somebody's. Uh, it basically is showing you what a crazy person is seeing as she's going crazy, and I, I think the. There are times when that is really, really well done. And, and to me, the thing that jumps out, like I said, the, the, w- when she is dancing her big performance, and especially the, the, the Black Swan transformation scene where she's dancing as she's... And we get the, the heavy special effects as she's sort of transforming into the creature on stage. To me, that was awesome i mean that that was really impressive and if if i didn't have a problem with the rest of the movie it would have been the clip where i said this this is what it would have been the clip where i went this is a great movie unfortunately everything that had gone before it did sort of disqualify it in a way i also really liked winona Ryder's performance by the way so i mean these are like individual elements i really See, like to me she was really when, campy like i was like oh this is not like nuanced which again made me go is the writing bad i like winona Ryder as a rule and i thought she was like way overplaying it yeah like, everything's a little bit exaggerated and over the top in this i think part of that is the world they're but again in. why are we forgiving that it's not forgiven it's it's i think it's somewhat realistic it's these are like these are um cutthroat ballerinas you know it looks like she had to me she was performing it as like you know washed up drunk 101 like drama school it just you don't think that's what goes on i i don't know i just i don't i don't get what was trying to be accomplished in this movie because it wasn't like fun campy it was taking itself very seriously Let's discuss the fact that there are broken and bleeding nails all over the place. Yeah, well, make me want to kill myself. That was so gross. Why? I, that was like the worst possible. Like, ugh. You really didn't you enjoy anything about this movie, did you? No, no, I guess not really. I mean, look, I'm. I, you didn't I think enjoyed, Natalie Portman I was good? I enjoyed that we saw Ben and Tess, our friends. I enjoyed my bag of popcorn. 
You didn't think that Natalie Portman's she was, but again, I don't. Great. I don't quite understand. It was melodramatic, and if if it was That's supposed okay, though, to be sometimes. fully tongue in cheek, I would get it. But it was taking itself very seriously, and there was a lot of like over. I don't. I just I wasn't. Mean, I don't. Some get people it. would I say. Don't get it, some Matt. people would say. The I don't Godfather, get why everyone is saying this is fantastic. Some people would say the Godfather no is melodramatic. It, it like you know. I know, but sometimes you don't have to be nuanced because it is supposed to be outrageous to a certain extent. Again, it's a it's too flawed a movie for me to say that it's a great movie. Well, then, but I do think I get why people are impressed because I think it's really well made. I think it's it's weird and interesting at times. But again, so are, you know, B-level movies made by directors whose names you don't know. So why why is this getting four stars and Oscar talk? I don't get it. I don't get it. If I honestly think if this movie came out and was not under his name, it would be like, you know, two stars or less. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. Because I, I, I think it is very, it stands out. It's very different and unique. And it obviously makes a big impression on people. But I, I, I just think it doesn't connect. I think it's too... Uh, harsh and I think it's too um I don't know I I just think the elements of it that are outrageous are so outrageous that they they cut people like me and you off from being able to experience it in a in an enjoyable way and uh I think a lot of people are gonna feel that way I think a lot of people are going to think Black Swan is too uh, outrageous to connect with the audience. I do feel like there's an element in this film of, like, I dare you to like it, you know. And, and uh, you know, me being a country bumpkin from Birmingham, Alabama, I think there tends to be an element of New York, L.A., where it just kind of catches on that, like, oh, yeah, isn't that an amazing movie? And I think you lose sight of, like, did I actually enjoy it? I think sometimes we get too busy buying into the hype, too. I don't think you always have to enjoy a movie, by the way, for it to be a great movie. Because, I mean, I don't enjoy Taxi well, Driver, no. but I think it's a great movie. Hotel Rwanda was not, like, enjoyable, <laughs> right, but it was a good movie. Okay. But I'm saying this wasn't a good movie to me, and it wasn't enjoyable. Because, you know, you I mean, there is an element of, like, you know, freaking... <laughs> I don't think Center Stage is a better movie, but it's like campy and dumb enough that I enjoyed watching that a lot more than Black Swan that's taking itself so seriously and not that good and everybody's telling me I should love. Maybe I'm just contrarian and I don't like it because everyone's telling me I should like it. But no, I think my visceral reaction was to not like this film. And I like Natalie Portman. I wanted to like this film. I was I was the one who said, let's go see this movie. I wanted to see this instead of True Grit. And by George, do I regret that decision? Well... I have to say, I'm surprised that you don't that you that you like as little else in the movie as I did because the, I did find a lot to like in it, even though I'm offended by parts of the parts of the movie, uh, and and obviously there's a real prominent uh, role that fingernails play in this movie, and I just have a. a I guess it's just a hang-up I have of of uh, 
things involving fingernails really get a physical reaction out of me in movies, and I think probably a lot of people react that way. And so, I, I that's a little bit hard to watch because I'm cringing constantly during the movie. I mean, fingernail related ick moments are all over the movie. But again, I appreciate that to a certain extent because because it's something because it's on purpose. I mean, he you do that in in some types of you know, thriller movies, you, you're you trying to make people get icked out and have but a physical reaction. But I feel like that was like the whole point of this movie is to disgust me. <laughs> it worked. If that was what he was going for, well done, sir. I think the point of the movie is that this is a, this is a, a pathetic, weak character. And I think it's a, I think, I happen to think that it's a well-created well drawn out, well acted character. Uh, I don't appreciate everything that happens to her along the way, and I don't think we needed to see everything that happens along the way that we're shown. But I do think that Nina is a believable and interesting character. To this, this idea of this um, sort of elite ballerina who is who is uh, horribly oppressed by her mother and sort of crippled by that and her her only and basically ends up destroying herself in order to become perfect because she she wants she wants to sort of reach this this other you know darker place within herself and it and because she doesn't have that within her, she has to destroy herself to do it. I think that is an interesting idea for a movie. And I just don't really think Aronofsky executed it in a in a straight, consistent way. I don't think... I, I think he, he got pulled off to the side and distracted from that character's journey too often. Well, and look, we also have indication... That she was crazy before she was cast in this role. Because if you remember, the first time when she's in the, like, you know, covered walkway with the graffiti and everything. That's right, yeah. That was before they'd even, you know, she had even been singled out as someone to be a soloist. So there's obviously an indication that she's imbalanced. I don't quite understand so what the, the point is that she keeps seeing herself. Well, I don't know if, you know, that's supposed well, to be some maybe, sort of, like, maybe it's separation a, um, from herself, that she yeah. sees herself in the third person. Well, I think it could possibly be kind of, um, you know, I obviously, not being a psychologist, I'm going to have the wrong terminology here, but we've we've seen that before, of that that there, there's sort of some, it may not be actually called multiple personalities, but there there's a, you know, there's a personality disorder where, you know, um, it, it's kind of like bipolar, I guess, but, but you, you, uh, you know, people think that they're talking to someone else and it's actually their, their personality has split. Well, at any rate, so I think that's what's going on. That she was already unstable and obviously there's, you know, she, she lives in the room of a 12 year old and her mother and she have a unusual and uncomfortable yeah, relationship. She lives calling in her, very... calling her mommy and that her mom is, um, I think the, the cake, the cake thing's really interesting when she, um, you know, that, that's, they, they set up her relationship with her mother. I thought really well, the, the thing where her mom brings home the cake to celebrate and, um, right. it quickly turns into this angry, well, I guess I'm just going to throw it all out thing, you know? And, uh, 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, and sort of, again, though, it was a little, it could have been more interesting. You know, they kind of very quickly and succinctly get to the point of, you know, you were never anything, Mom, and you're living your dreams through me. Which is actually not very think, interesting. I do think they, <laughs> And they just yeah. kind of, like, explained it away in two sentences. Yeah, you know? they kind of, I, I agree, they they kind of concluded the mother storyline That's just kind of a very happy thing to go, like, oh, she's a stage mom because she never got, you know. Right. Beyond the chorus, but it's, you know, it could, it, they set it up in a way that it was, it should have been interesting, and, you know, there's sort of an element, by the end, you go, well, mom's not really that much of a monster, like, she is trying to take care of her and figure out what's wrong, but at that point, you know, she's gone off the deep end, and she right. the show anyways, but, you know, they sort of started to make it seem like, oh, the mom is really a monster, and she's the one who made her this way, and maybe she did, but, like, as it turned out, you know, by the end, she was, like, trying to take care of her. And tell her, you know, you don't need to go perform today. Something's right. wrong with you. And she went anyways, and then she killed question mark well, herself. I, I think also there, it's clear that it is definitely a lot of what happens in the movie that we think is another person is um, Nina. Just Nina. because and, and that we're supposed to be confused because she is too, and we're seeing it from her point of view. Because there's a... There's a uh, I'm going into I'm going into Ben Stark mode here, but there's a there's a motif running through this movie where there's basically a mirror in every single set that we are in in the movie. There's there's mirrors all over the place, and including the subway car. You know, we're always seeing her reflection in the window in the subway car. So, I think what's going on is where perhaps what's being suggested there is that, um, you know. That, that there's a there's a flip side of her personality that already exists, and it's, um, you know, that's maybe what the mirrors are suggesting is that she's got a, a dark half of her personality that's maybe like lying dormant the entire movie, and it's it's just when she gets under that pressure of being the Swan Queen, it uh, it's the flip personality starts to come out. A little more prominently and ultimately comes out big time and I think that is what happens I think the, the, I don't think that um, Mila Kunis's character was ever in her dressing room I right. think I think she has this episode basically and stabs herself mm-hmm. thinking that it's somebody else but I think to me though somewhere in her the way she decides that she's going to achieve perfection in this role, which is all she wants to do, is by literally living it, which means ultimately by the end killing herself, and that's right. how she can dance it perfectly. Good point. Oh, that's 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 what you meant. You we, you yeah. suggested that earlier. I think that's I think that's right, Francesca. That I think it was deliberate suicide. It was actually not accidental because she thought it was someone else. That she actually was subconsciously killed herself on purpose so that she could be perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Execute the role perfectly. She she thought the only way she could do it was to actually live it. Right. See, and I thought I mean that's some interesting subtext going on. There there was some things that were interesting and well done in this movie. Again, I'm not saying it wasn't interesting, but yeah. again, you know, I see plenty of well, I don't see plenty of horror films, but I've seen a number of, you know, horror or psycho horror films that were interesting and thought provoking, but I don't call them four star movies because in general to me that's not necessarily a genre that lends itself to, you know, Oscar bait. Sometimes, or star sometimes stuff. it is. Well, <clears throat> S- Silence of the Lambs. Um, 
what what do you think happened with um and, and I'm forgetting Winona Ryder's character's name Beth. Beth. Yeah. What do you think happened with Beth cuz it's clear I didn't Beth watched did not, that scene. Okay, well, what <laughs> Okay, then maybe you don't know. But Beth obviously uh, when when Nina goes to visit her Nina's returning a bunch of Beth's stuff that she stole, including the nail file. And Beth, what we see is Beth grabs the nail file and stabs herself in the face. And oh, it was... That's why I didn't watch Oh, it. man. It was good special effects, but holy cow, was it gross to look at. Because there was... I mean, it was very realistic looking, like punching holes in her face. Oh. And, uh, but then what happens is Nina runs to the elevator... And she's holding the nail file and has blood all over her hands. So there's sort of a question left of... Uh, also, though, in in the course of, of Beth stabbing herself, um, it looks like Nina's face for a second, like we see a lot of times in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of un- unclear whether... I mean, I what I thought happened initially was... I thought Nina actually stabbed Beth in the face. No, I think it must have been a hallucination because surely it would have been mentioned the next day at the, at the, uh, you know, theater. But we didn't figure out what the timeline is. Yeah, I think it was the, I think was it the, it the, night the, de- the night before? But uh, how could it have been? The night before she was out at the clubs and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was the day of the show. I don't know. But why would she have gone there if she was running late that morning? Yeah, I guess I don't... Oh, this is crappy of us because we can't remember what, at what point it happened. I don't know. I'll just cover my eyes. I think she it. did stab Nina in the... I mean, uh, Ni- I think Nina stabbed Beth in the face is what happened. I can't imagine Because that that, she's crazy. I think it had to have been a hallucination because there would have been some ramification if it had actually happened. There would have I'm been people you, chasing her of out of all the, the Of all the disturbing things... In well, I'm glad I didn't the movie, watch it. I'm glad that I... was the most disturbing part for sure. Well, even more than the webbed, it. the webbed toe thing, yeah. which was just kind of weird. Um, well, I mean, what did you think of? What did you think of? Kind of the final, the performance itself at the end, and and how they. I mean, did that work for you? The turning her when when she turns into the swan and and. Uh, you know, I also like how they follow it up, sort of, because she's kind of stalking back there behind the stage, you know, afterwards, and they l- kind of let you follow her, and she's kind of in that beast mode, you know, where she's just doesn't even seem like a human being when she's kind of walking around after she comes off as the black swan. Yeah. I, don't I thought that was more before she went on stage. She did... I, I, I mean... I, I, that whole kind of thing worked for me a lot. That they that they showed you a lot of walking around behind the stage, and that actually reminded me a lot of the wrestler too, because there's this kind of oh, which I haven't seen. Well, I know, but but you know, it's kind of like she's kind of a uh, like a you know like a gladiator getting ready to go out there and and fight. You know, I don't know. It was it was. Uh, I really like the way they shot the actual dancing in that in that performance sequence because there's well there was some cameras there's a lot of energy that were really impressive yeah like, how did how did she dance around a cameraman which that doesn't that doesn't bode well for a film but I was thinking stuff like that during it instead of being involved and in engaged in it I was going like how did they how did they actually shoot this 
Because there's that means there's a camera right there. I don't I don't know anything about ballerinas, so I don't even know if Natalie Portman was particularly good or pulled it off or. Um, I mean, not that because I'm like some fancy ballerina. I took a few years when I was a kid. I danced some point a little bit. But, I mean, they just didn't show much of the technical stuff. You know, most, right. if you think Shoot about it, it, most of her, you know, most of the actual performance was, you know, neck up acting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think I read that she had, you know, she did study ballet, so she's not, like, totally foreign to the idea. But, did you Did you like Vincent Cassell? Well, he's just, he always plays a French guy. Yeah, he kind of just was what he was. He's, he's just a, a French guy. He's a skeezy French guy, yeah. No, I mean, his role was kind of thankless. I don't think there was... Well, it's just very one note. He is... He just is a skeezy, manipulative director. Yeah. Not much to say there. Uh, Mila Kunis. I don't know. What'd you think of her? She's good. I mean, she was just doing her Mila Kunis thing. Yeah. Like, I'm totally cool and laid back. I mean, it was basically... (laughs) uh, I thought she would have more of a role than she did. Sarah Marshall, you know. It was just her being, like, totally laid back and cool. So listen, though, let me ask you this before we kind of wrap up, because was, in your opinion, and this is all whatever, it's probably not really important to the movie, because in the end, she is crazy, and she would have killed herself anyway, but do you think that any of what Mila Kunis' character did was intentional manipulation to try and, you know, win that part? think that they played it in such a way that I don't think she was supposed to be a bad guy because they gave her that little scenelet at the end where she comes in and was like man you know I did kind of want to dance it but you were really great like you know they or Mm -hmm. I was whatever part there was she says something that sort of redeems her and goes like she's not a bad guy because I think she genuinely was like you know interested in just kind of being her friend and helping her out you know and helping loosen her Mm -hmm. up for a while I don't I don't think she was. I think that was supposed to be. She did spike Nina's, her drink. Right, but also Nina watched her do it. Right. And I think she saw Nina watch her do it, and that she took the drink anyways. Right. But you know, I mean, I think it was. Also, I think it was supposed to be coming from a place of she was trying to get her re- to relax and like. Yeah. Because if you remember, when she got the role, you know, she was always like, "Oh, you're going to be really good." Like I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't meant know. That's to be. manipulative, though. No, but see, I don't think. I don't think she played it like it was manipulative at all. I think she played it like... Maybe that's why it was brilliant. Well, I mean, I think if if they were trying to indicate that she was manipulating, they wouldn't say, play it totally innocent. Right. Well... she did. Like, I think she the, kind of played everything. I, I mean, mean, obviously she was kind of like... But I don't know if it is, obviously. In, she was maybe yeah. hitting on her, but maybe she wasn't. In, in my opinion, it's still up in the air as to whether or not they slept with each other. Because yeah. the the mom didn't acknowledge Mila Kunis when they came back in late at night. The mom didn't acknowledge her one way or the other. Uh, so we don't really know that she wasn't a hallucination there. And we also don't know that Mila Kunis didn't just leave early and then, you know, gaslight Nina into thinking that she had hallucinated the whole thing and that she was crazy yeah. and that she was never there because she's doing the oh you had a, you had a dream about me oh because you know she really within the logic of the movie she could have been there got up and left and then just tried to convince Nina that she was crazy 
Yeah, I don't know though. I just think all signs point to Nina was just crazy. It, it probably and was Nina again, was just I crazy. Think, yeah, I think they would have left more breadcrumbs in the film if. Uh, but maybe Lily, we're not supposed Lily, to know. What was her name? Lily. That's right, Lily. Yeah, if yeah. she was supposed to be a bad guy. I think they would have done more winks and nods and but we, you know nudges to suggest that. I think maybe part of the point is we're not supposed to know one way or the other because again we're obviously seeing most of this what's happening from Nina's perspective. Well all of it I think. Yeah so so we wouldn't know because Nina doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah I think I think it's probably intentionally ambiguous. Yeah. Well I I definitely and I already said this my, my cousin was asking me you know, oh, tell me how it is. I think what I say is I definitely cannot recommend this movie to anybody that I know. Uh, but on its own merits, without me trying to tell you whether or not to see it, I think it has some interesting things in it. I think there are elements to it that I think are really well done. You know, I'm not going to see it again. I just don't think that it's that much better than any other it's hard for me to even rate it and put a star number on it uh, but i do think that there are some interesting things in it i'm glad i i'm glad i saw it I'm i glad. won't see it again i'm not glad i saw it <laughs> i think we're pretty clear how you feel about it well i'm just saying to have my opinion. You are allowed to have your opinion, and I'm glad that you agreed to I, do this again, podcast because right right away you did not want to do the podcast when the movie was over. I did not, but I, I'm glad that we decided to do it. Well, now all of our listeners, Ben and Tess, <laughs> will think I'm a prude, <laughs> but they already knew that anyway. So. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you have to be a prude to be uh, shocked at the shocking parts of this movie. I mean, and look, people I know who are definitely not prudes, Graham Flanagan, um, you know, I, his immediate reaction to this movie was, holy cow. And, and just kind of, I remember, I, I, he tweeted about it, but basically he seemed to be pretty shocked by it too and disturbed and, and you know. So, I mean, it's, this, is a, this is a movie that is definitely going to, you know, sort of drop some jaws and shock some people. And I think the fact that it went wide release this weekend, I'll be real interested to see what it does next weekend because I think it's going to get a lot of bad word of mouth outside of New York and LA. I think it's going to, I think it's going to, uh, not play well, well I've already with told the, the Christmas movie like crowd. 12 people like, don't see this movie, <laughs> please. I beg of you. Don't see it. Because it's just, you know, I don't go into a cinema expecting to see that. I, you know, hastily flip past Cinemax hoping to not see stuff like that. Uh, well done. <laughs> well, there. All right. Well, thank you for um, waiting so long. And thank you for agreeing to podcast with me, Francesca. I think we got a lot out of the discussion. I guess. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.